do Jewish women talk about midlife? Hi, I'm Devara Krasniansky, and I've been coaching women for a long time in all areas of life, including women in midlife. Midlife is an exciting time, but it's also confusing, and so I invite experts to join me here as we unpack this crazy and interesting time of our lives. You can join our conversations on our Facebook group, Jewish Women Talk About Midlife, and on our website, Jewish Midlife. In this episode, I have the absolute pleasure of talking with the incredible founders of JWOW, Jewish Women of Wisdom, Rebson Fagy Horowitz and Miriam Lieberman. It's always inspiring for me to connect with women who are deeply committed to helping others live their best lives. And Fagy and Miriam are on a mission to empower women to embrace fulfilling their lives in this midlife. Their organization, JWOW, is making a significant impact in this area. In our conversation, we delve into the heart of JWOW and midlife. We explored a wide range of topics that touch on enriching our daily lives, from finding purpose, moving, and forming new friendships in midlife, to finding a harmonious balance between our family and personal lives. Our discussion was filled with valuable insights and fresh perspectives on the midlife journey. So if you're ready to discover a wealth of wisdom and gain new insights into this exciting phase of midlife, you'll enjoy this enlightening episode. Miriam and Fig, I'm really excited to be talking to both of you about JWOW and about midlife in general. So as we start our conversation, let's just first talk about what you do and JWOW. Okay, I'll start with the organization and then I'll proceed to my own background. JWOW was founded almost four years ago we had been talking with a third friend from Baltimore and we'd been talking and talking and talking. And finally, Miriam Lieberman said, let's do it already. We had these long ranging conversations about the need and what our friends are saying and um, what we would talk about and the framework. So we had really envisioned a, because there is no one in this space, which you are also a pioneer in, a, a national membership organization with local chapters. And we had several in-person meetings. We met in Baltimore. We were in the five towns where Miriam and I both live. We were in Lakewood, Muncie, Brooklyn. And then the COVID hit, which really confirmed that A, there was a need and B, midlifers are different because our challenges were different than those of our children. Our children were mothering and, and having six kids at home and, and navigating different technologies so that their kids could go to school properly. And we stayed in longer. We did not, we were seriously worried. And a little bit, we depended on our kids to take care of certain things for us. But we also had to fill the time with with meaning, we couldn't significantly help our kids who were in such difficult straits. So we began um, with Zoom meetings. We did some a two-part series on leaving a legacy, on heirloom pieces and, and memoirs, gifts I, I got from my mother, different things. And we took off and we took off. Women were eager to share. Women came on, everybody upped their Zoom skills. And then toward the end of COVID, we, we got our website up. We got the formal subscribership, membership, two-tier levels. You have to be a member to be part of our book club, Zoom meetings, et cetera. And since then, it's been going, Baruch Hashem. I think in another way, COVID accelerated some trends, like women, move, women, women and couples moving to be closer to their kids. Miriam Lieberman is a perfect example. You want to chime in? Uh, yes, yes, we moved. Actually, September 1st was three years, and um, Mazel Tov to us. It's a, it was a big move, and look, that, that's a whole topic within itself. But we're very, very grateful, and Baruch Hashem, it worked out well. But as we discussed, but it was precipitated a, by COVID. You were planning yeah, it. Yeah, definitely, yeah. We knew at some point we'd come, but COVID really did a job. We were living in Manhattan. Manhattan did not fare well during COVID, and uh, the homeless were taking over and just not sustainable, you know, and that's Baruch Hashem, good move for us. So the whole moving thing has become a real trend um, and it, it's a challenge. We've talked about this recently as a group. We've talked about um, in our monthly roundtable in the Yeted magazine. It's, it's, 
It's a real topic because even if one hasn't moved, it's safe to ask people this question. Everybody has moving on their minds. Um, I was shocked a few years ago to find people in their 50s moving because of the rise in real estate. You can thank COVID for that and the lack of new housing starts before COVID. So there's a lot of new, go and of course we're living longer and technology and so on. So I think that's enough about the start of COVID. Uh, I guess it's time to talk about myself or, you know what, Miriam, you go first with that piece. Okay, so I just want to add about that the... Um... JWOW, Jewish Woman of Wisdom. First of all, the source of the, our name is uh, Ben Shishim Lezikna. We were all in our 60s when we began. We're still in our 60s, Baruch Hashem. <laughs> and uh, what is Zikna? Zesha Kanachachma, the one who has acquired wisdom. Therefore, we call ourselves the Woman of Wisdom. And it's not that we have all the answers. What we're doing is we're opening up the topics for discussion. And probably the most important, we're validating. that We're in it. We're journeying together. And just to provide the caring, the connection and communication, the opportunity to communicate. And we pride ourselves when we do our Zoom programs, we always have a component where the participants can participate also. We've often done, you know, we break out of the breakout rooms where little groups, everyone has a chance to talk up. I find we find that women really need to connect with one another. And we and that's let that. me jump in here. Please, and that's what they're saying in their emails why they joined. If they they're they want to make new friends. They want to share. Um, the sense of community is is important, not just for people who have moved, but people are retiring and people kids are out of the house. And um, then again, I heard something in my own shul. I'm a Robinson. I heard someone say to somebody else, "We don't need new friends." And mm -hmm. that I think is because she's got the same set since like second grade in Brooklyn and a lot of them are where she lives now. But most people are open to new relationships um, and eager to, to have a broader social network. But some women have a hard time though, breaking, breaking into different crowds and making friends. I find myself almost coaching others <laughs> as they move in on how to to become part of a community. I want to mention that our motto has been connect, communicate, grow. Grow, you know, we're just, uh, the word that I like to use is empower. I like to think that we're giving women the skills and the courage and the confidence to, to get out there, to be part of a community. And I feel, not I feel, we know that Baruch Hashem, we have so many acquired skills at this point. And we have strengths, real strengths. And the community needs us. They really need us. And we're looking at a difficult time. There definitely is a generation gap between the, the younger and the older. And uh, just to feel that, to know that we're part of a community and still to extend ourselves to, I like to have friends of all ages, older and younger. And um, it's important for my well-being, my emotional and spiritual well-being, I find. I have a friend who years ago would tell us her, her motto was get a life. Don't sit on top of your children. Make sure you have your own life, independent life. And my own mother of blessed memory would say, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Make sure you have joy from different areas in your life. We, can, we cannot just sit and wait for our children to bring us nachas. So this is the, please, go ahead. Take so it. this is the a very interesting part. I want to comment on something that Miriam said and then the second, the final point she just made. Miriam's taken a lot of initiative. I did too, uh, 15 years ago when I moved to Lawrence. The courage to, to make new friends, to engage in new activities, um, especially when one retires or moves to a new community, um, sometimes needs support. Although we're not nebs, you know, this is not a support group, but hearing how other people did it, went to a women's davening group, or, or join a chesed group or or started something. When I moved here, I started a writing group because I knew I had the time. And if I wouldn't start a group, I wouldn't do, do it. And that led to a whole new career, not just a, an avocation, but I spend um, a lot of my day writing for the company that I work for. The other thing is things are different now, I think is what you you ended with. The challenges are different. I think there's there's technology. We're living longer. It's a more complicated world. It's a scarier world. Our kids are under a lot of pressure. 
on one hand, we need to have our own lives. On the other hand, a lot of us are moving to be closer to our children. So, <laughs> excuse me, there's a dialectic here. We're moving to be closer to them, but we need to have our own lives and not to depend on them. And at the same time, which is fine, which is great. Everybody's comfortable with that. But there's going to come a time, and we know this in the back of our heads and we don't really talk about it, that we're going to need those kids. We're going to need them to do a, whether it's a run to the to the supermarket or the, the drugstore when it's pouring and we're afraid to be out on the road. Whatever the case will be, it's not just having nachas from the kids and they're coming over um, Erev Shabbos for Kogol and, and Torah and connection, but they're going to need to help us. And among the many findings of a broad research study by Wes Moss, the 10 habits of high, of the happiest retirees. One of the points besides money and, 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 and health is fulfillment, et cetera, and meaning. And living like within 90 miles of, of children, close enough so that you can see them regularly, but not be too heavily involved for non-Jews, the broader population is, is is a finding that makes for happiness of midlifers and retirees. So I just think it's interesting to share. We spoke about a lot of things. I would love to unpack this idea of finding a life. Like many of us were very busy with our children, work and our children. And now that our children are out of the house, married, or just with busy with their own life, we have more time and our roles have changed. So I'm just wondering what you've seen from yourselves and from people that you work with, what people can now be doing with their time. So I think that's great that you started, that you initiated the writing group in the new area that you moved to. And so I think that's great, but some people don't feel, don't yet know, or can't really pull out what they can start in a new community. And I'm wondering also if you were able to start that because you are a Rebidson and because you have you knew people already in your community. Like, let's, let's just unpack a little bit how to get that life. I think I think it has to do with your personality and and your self awareness. I didn't know anybody in my new community, and they were not. And our shul people from the original shul. Now we have our own shul. Originally, we came for a particular congregation. They were much younger than us. I didn't know anybody, but I knew that I wanted to do this and I needed other people to help me. And I also had the time to invest in relationships. So I, I invited people I barely knew. Some of them really knew, knew not much about writing. We became good friends. Um, I said, I'm doing it and it happened. I, I made, so we know ourselves a little bit. We know ourselves a little bit and we know that we need to take initiative. I went to the women's Daily Davening Group, which Miriam did also, you, which I recommend to anyone who moves to the neighborhood of our age group, because that's a place to meet people. Going to Simchas and allocating time to sticking around and schmoozing, going, participating in lectures and, and shiurim and classes and hanging out. I think Miriam mentioned in a recent article, going to shul and sticking around, not running out, but and also in certain communities like ours and in, and in other communities where there are midlife people, whether we heard this about Englewood and it's definitely true about Lakewood and even Cleveland, middle-aged people are inviting other middle-aged couples for Friday night meals and Shabbos meals and getting together. So having creating a social life, whether it's a book club, a lot of the middle-aged women in this community, not JWOW, JWOW has its own book club. I was invited to be part of the a book club when I came here and it was by invitation only, but I didn't want to do it. <laughs> like it felt so middle-aged for me and I didn't want to do it. But um, part of it is also knowing beforehand what you enjoy doing, the things you didn't have time for, not all of a sudden instant hobby, but trying new things, trying the things you wanted to do. One, one book I read talked about initiating two new activities per week. Actually, it wasn't a 
a book. It's um, it's it's a series of classes on creating a future. It's called EYF, Explore Your Future. We did a lot of reflection and the pie of life and what we're spending our time on and so on and so forth. And I did it. I had the time now. I had broken my ankle, so I had the time to do it. And what I actually found was I'm I'm on the right track because I'm doing things I'm interested in. And I plan, for example, to invest more time in something I began, but it, I don't have the time to really invest. I wrote a manuscript of a children's book. It needs a lot of work. I don't even know if it will ever get published, but it's a new skill for me. And I heard a story. It was compelling. I got it down. I made, That was one of my COVID goals. I finished the first draft during November. I'm a goal setter. I've learned that about myself. It's good for me. I, I, I'm driven, but if I have a goal, I get there. Everybody knows themselves. So when when I'm, I retire, Amir Tashem, I am going to invest further in it. My grandchildren keep asking me, no, no, no. But I told them I'm reading books. Here's what I'm struggling with, et cetera. But um, it's going to take effort. And a lot of people volunteer. Miriam and I both, and I don't want to monopolize this conversation, so I'm going to stop here. Miriam and I both have been involved in organizations for many years. Our, we helped found separately, separately. We helped found organizations. Miriam's edited um, newsletters for, for several organizations. I've been involved because I was in the nonprofit world formally. So I was also, also was and I'm still involved on a lay level as a board member. But things change. Sometimes the organizations grow up. They don't need us or our role is not as critical or it doesn't hold as much interest or it's not vital. So we move on. The ability to do and move on and to initiate and to go forward and find places and populations that need us is, is part of what we do. And 10 years from now, maybe Miriam and I will separately or together be doing something else besides JWAM. We're, we're active people. Thank you. We're activists. That's who we are. <laughs> I feel like Kaddish Baruch Hu gave us probably more courage than most women have. And Baruch Hashem, whatever kaifas he has sprinkled on us, we're very, very grateful and we're able to use it, hopefully to enhance the lives of other women. There are a couple of points I'd like to make. I, I like to use the word segue. You know, segue somehow we, we maneuver hopefully smoothly into new directions, new chapters and all. But for me, this is really not new. I had the privilege and, and actually the pleasure over 10 years ago, um, I edited uh, two anthologies for women, The Best is Yet to Be and To Fill the Sky with Stars. And Feggy is very well represented in these books also. It's um, essays by women, middle-aged women, middle-lifers. Um, and we covered topics that no one had ever talked about. We're talking about relationships with Mahatan and with sons and daughters-in-law, with our spouses as we age, dealing with elderly parents, menopause. We even have a topic, a chapter called The Final Journey. It's got only at 120. But so this is not a new, a new subject for me at all. It's something I've been contemplating for many years already. And it feels very good at this point to be able to, you know, hopefully use this acquired wisdom to help others in whatever way. So in terms of courage, Peggy mentioned she started a writing circle, just to you know, throw out ideas. Um, this past year, I started a knitting circle. I always wanted to learn to knit. But the truth is, I was hoping that this would really evolve into a regular circle where women would get together on a regular basis. I was trying to create opportunities for women to gather regularly and, and create a little network, a social network. Um, the truth is I myself, I do other kinds of media work, but I, anyway, I had it, it did not take off the way I wanted it to, but we did, we had our little knitting circle. We were making little um, hats for preemies in Eretz Yisrael for Shari Tzedek Hospital. So it was very meaningful, we had a good time. I wanted, I always loved Israeli dancing. I set up dance classes this past year and I hope to start again after Yantif. It was just great fun, great fun. And I enjoy singing. My cousin and I who lives here, a dear cousin of mine, we joined the JCC, a local JCC, and we were doing singing groups, like uh, choral groups, having loads of fun with that. I mentioned a friend of mine, and she had a cousin. I asked her, like you said, well, how do you keep busy all day? And she told me she takes classes in the JCC in her local Jewish center. 
Now, I was laughing because I always thought that the classes in the JCC are really for seniors. When I think of seniors, I don't think of people my age. <laughs> so I was really surprised. And she was telling me what fun she has. She's doing all kinds of arts, uh, creating jewelry and pottery. And uh, there are wonderful opportunities you know, to take a look and see what's available in our local JCCs. And if we have the courage, go on our own. If you need a friend, take a friend along. But there is a lot going on. There are there are resources that we can take advantage of also that are provided for us in our communities. But the art classes and, of course, the shiurim that are being offered, it's amazing. Today, really, the, the trend now is really the Zoom classes. But on the other hand, there is something very special about sitting together with a group of women, reading them before having a chance to chat afterwards. And that's the way friendships are formed. You know, although we're trying on Zoom. And I must tell you, the truth is when we have 20 women on our Zoom, and um, everyone comes on with their video and we see the same faces again and again, there is a sense of community. Am I right, Feige? 100%. It feels very good. You know, we're seeing the same faces and everyone's smiling and happy to see each other. We chat for a couple of minutes before we begin. We may chat afterwards and friendships do evolve and it feels very good. I, I like to keep expanding my world. I like to have friends from different circles. I've mentioned different ages, different communities. And uh, it's, it's just great, you know, this is, it's great fun to keep expanding our world. And to get to this stage, to the, in this chapter in our lives where we, we, our responsibilities are not what they were before in terms of running a household and, and dealing with children 24 seven, we do have time, a little bit more time for ourselves. It would be such a shame not to take advantage and not to use our time well. Like it's a, it's a gift that's given to us and we have to explore a bit. Women really have to sit down and think, you know, and structure a day. Make sure there's time for, you know, davening and learning, connecting to others and giving to others. You know, the day shouldn't revolve around ourselves, but what are we doing for someone else today also? Feige, you wanted to share. I want to um, respond to what you're saying, that we have a lot of people in our age group, which I don't think existed in our mother's um, years at this stage. Women who are working, and have a lot of large, a, a family of generations, and as well, balancing those personal needs and the working piece. Um, um, we expect to live longer. We need to accumulate more resources. Um, we also need to keep on our toes in terms of learning new technology. Um, we don't always want to rely on our teenage grandchildren to help us create a photo book, but some things you just pay for and move on. It's just not worth the time. So um, we're constantly evaluating and juggling as the world evolves and as our re responsibilities and interests expand. On one hand, we, wanna, we want to try things out. This is our turn. On the other hand, we are at the stage of banecha we want to pass on our legacy. We want to enjoy our nachas, and we don't want to just shove sugar um, or 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 gifts. We want to spend time. I remember a few years ago sitting at a fancy shevardrachas in Brooklyn, um, in that Egyptian synagogue. I don't think I was there before or after on Ocean Parkway, and so it's a bunch of us women from this neighborhood because I think one of the sponsors had friends here or whatever. We got invited. And the women are talking and uh, I'm saying my thing. And this is before JWoww. So one woman who now lives across the street from me, she said, what's the matter with just sitting back and enjoying the Enochloch, the grandchildren? Nothing's the matter. Absolutely nothing's the matter. That's perhaps what our grandmothers did. And Miriam and I are lucky that we both had grandmothers. Not everybody had grandmothers. A lot of people our age did, are children of survivors and they are very, very vested in being good grandparents, they and their spouses. I have a friend who renovated her kitchen a second time so that she could have these big family yuntifs. I mean, she's 65. She has a, dis a little disability, like, but that's important to her. Um, to be grandparents, uh, but to be grand, there's nothing wrong with being grandparents, but to be grandparents with passing on values, with building individual relationships, building up some of these 
kids' um, work ethic, not just taking them to Manhattan and giving them a good time during Hanukkah vacation. You know, um, that takes foresight and thought, creativity, and plenty of time. Miriam's very good at this. I'm trying. <laughs> you know, we, we realize that the most important role we play really is that we have the links in the chain. We want to fortify the links. We're living in difficult times now. Whatever we can contribute uh, to our families and to our greater family, our communities, is really important. Uh, sometimes, the parents, but sometimes the parents are just, you know, Kanan are so busy. We often have both husband and wives maybe working out of the house for a great part of the day. And just Kanan are with bigger families. They're distracted. And perhaps we can give that kind of quality time that the children really, really need. But we want to do more than that. We want to transmit values. Um, um, In studies of people who who saved Jews during the Holocaust, there are two, and and people who went above and beyond the call of duty um, by another Jewish sociologist, what they find is the influence of somebody close, not the immediate parents, but people very vested made a very big difference in in the value system of, of the people who saved. Like this, an inner circle, but not a direct influencer. So as grandparents who are involved, we can support. If you made a mistake, this is not you. The real you you know, does chesed, the real you is kind. You have to be able, um, identity formation is also affected by people who are in the second tier. And um, I think it's really, it's really valuable and an an awareness um, um, that holds true to our other children. I'll give you an example, just now, my daughter, who lives not far from me, who's involved in her community, she's a resident, she's a professional, had somebody in her immediate circle who had a new baby and lost her, her, her mother-in-law at the same time. So she was busy pulling it together and arranging shifts and this and that. And at some point she said, I, I feel like I'm the caseworker. And then the next day I'm in touch with her and those kids are there. And there are a lot of them and they're very close in age. and. And they're there for a couple of hours and the next day. And I'm thinking, like, at what cost? I'm thinking about my kid. And she told me, I'm managing. It's okay. So the next day I told her, the next day I told her, Kolakavod, this is what you're doing is the kind of thing my mother and my grandmother would have done. They put away their zich, they arranged, and they also took the person with needs into their house. She has the she has the nurse and the baby and the new baby in her house during the day because the other people live in a tiny house with a lot of kids. So I changed from, from criticizing that she's overdoing it to, to validating and giving her that connection to my mother and my grandmother who I remember doing this kind of thing. Um, specifically, specifically this kind of thing. So she was very touched. And and um, so it's not just grandchildren. We can tell our kids as well, share those values, influence them, and when they can hear it, you know? We're not controlling our kids and they want us to sit aside and watch and be supportive, but not critical. You know, we have to be careful. Thank you. May I just stay here? Yes, I said my piece. Okay. That is so commendable. Thank you so much for sharing that because many of us find us in that situation. Rather than criticize, we have to step back. It's their life. Kala kavod and validate. But what I want to say is that many of us are passionate. We're passionate over Klayusrol. You're fake. You look, you're a rabbit and you're drinking with the Klay all the time. There's a passion we have and we can really imbue children and grandchildren with that passion. They see what we're involved in, what we're doing, how we fill our day. Just this morning, I, um, I'm working on Tehillim and working on Bitachon because that's, you know, that's the key of everything is Bitachon. And Rapo Yusefer on Tehillim, he says, um, the quote, Lemnosia menu da, teach us to count our days. And I know that Sarah Schneer, that was one of her 
major teachings. It was written on her matzev, on her tombstone. But I always read it, limnos to count. And he says, uh, Rabbi Fori says not to count, but to account for our days, which is a whole different interpretation. Account, you're, you're accountable, you're responsible for your days. Is that fabulous? Make sure every day is of value and of meaning. That's a, that's a phenomenal way to approach each day. I used to say, and I still share with others, when I'd wake up in the morning, I, I'm always hoping to be in a positive frame of mind. I would say, um, This day, this very day Hashem has created for me, I'm going to be happy today. <laughs> so it works for the most part. <laughs> but it's more than being happy. It's also being accountable each day. Each day is a gift and to fill it well. Some days I just ask Hashem, you know, give me some, give me an opportunity to help somebody else. It feels awkward. Some of that comes from my chinuch, um, but women are givers, and when we don't have children at home, we want to 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 give to other people. Yes, today everyone's darshaning to us about self care, but. We are members of Klai Yisrael. We're not just individual people. And I think um, that's also something that we as the older ones can impart. Today, the community is so big and everyone's sending their kids or we're settling with people like them. Everybody's sticking to their own box. And, and, and to, to be aware that all those tefillos you say in davening, are relevant to to people you see who who are not like you who 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 are still children of Avram Avinu and we have to be authentic yidden to be an authentic yid means to be a Torah yid for yourself and to be a member of Klal Yisrael a bigger seaboard with an achrayis and and raising awareness of achrayis can be done by example. We include our grandchildren in our volunteer activities or we share with them what we've done or I'm leaving early because I'm going to this meeting about this zach, this cause, this need, etc. And um, sometimes we need to talk about it. Sometimes we need to talk about it. And that brings us to to our, our, our writing. The, the leaders of JWOW, which have changed a little bit, are all, um, for the most part, writers. And we are published in several publications. We're in the Five Towns Jewish Home. Every other week, we're in the Yated as a roundtable on a question relevant to midlifers. To get, and we bring some other women in. We're in the LA Jewish Home. And we're in the Muncie Mavasa regularly. And in other places, you know, over time, you know, sporadic. But these are our regular sites. And, and there's one, the World Jewish Review, where I'm not so frequent anymore because I forget to send them stuff. But the point is, we have a chance to say our piece. And we do. And we do. And we're like opening a window. We're like pulling open a... We're like pulling up a shade is probably the, a better analogy. Things we know about, but we're letting the, the light shine in. And we, we're open. We share our own struggles, um, um, but we have a chance to tell people things and it's very well received. Even if we don't get so many letters to the editor, we get validation, we get we hear from people. I agree with everything you're saying. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, one of the Rabbitsons, the other side of the community told me, um, um, if we, have a unique opportunity and to to also bring connection to different members and we do it and we 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 really take it seriously we have fun with it we definitely enjoy writing and and um man just mentioned you're also thinking till now there was very little of any of our literature the magazines or papers for women in our our age demographic it was mostly, you know, you're reading about raising children and, and problems in school and relationships, but it, there was very little for women in the 50s, 60s, 70s and up. And um, it's, it's been quite exciting for us to enter into this world. Although, Deborah, this is what you're doing also with your podcast. Right. 
you know, there, there was a void. And slowly, you know, we do have a voice. We, and we need to have a voice. So it's been very, very exciting to be able to play this role. Um, it's like we have our own soapbox and it feels good. <laughs> you know, whatever topic is on my is, mind, I can talk about. And what's shocking is that, and I, I argued this with one of the magazines in 2011. Um, um, I found, I said, we should have an insert for people. Our, we have pocketbooks. We are buying things for our grandchildren. We are, we hopefully are beyond the strict budget and have paid off our mortgages more or less. Um, we are at a different stage. Yes, we have to save for the future and we expect to live much longer and healthcare costs. But the point is it's, it's ideas. We are a population and actually in the from community, one group has one employment group, I come out of the workforce development world, is focused on people over a certain age who are, who are breadwinners and who need a job. And they're helping these people um, um, find jobs in today's environment. Yes, there's a, you know, there's a need for more labor, et cetera, and there is ageism. So, so the community is beginning to respond. There's no question, but we were pioneers. Miriam's books, um, the two anthologies were the first ever. And it's it's at least 10 years later and things are beginning to happen. So we're we're grateful, especially since we're we're right there. May I just mention Peggy, the books were not my idea. It was I, I was contacted by Tagram Press. So I, they were really the innovators here, and I have to give them the credit. Takam contacted me and asked me to write these books. So um, for lack of a... But I'm finding also is that there's a lot of women who are in this age, and they can't look to their parents' uh, examples because their parents had a very different life. So their parents, of course, are wonderful role models and lots of things, but their life examples are not something that they can look... And there's, I think that we're pioneering in the idea of... Um, of what midlife could be. There is, is no previous example. Whether, like my grandmother was a, was a war survivor. She lived a very different life. She dressed differently. She just was an old grandmother. And I myself am now the age that I remember my grandmother. And I have so much energy and I just do so much. I can do so much. So I think that what we're, what we're all doing is trying to help people realize what they can do without necessarily following someone else's path because the risk path wasn't really trod on before. Exactly. I say this all the time and I didn't say this yet, and, but you're saying it. Our mothers, for the most part, mine was an exception, were not as educated as we are. They did not work out of the house like, like we do. Um, um, they were not called upon to up skills on a regular basis. All of our friends are on one platform or another whether it's and everybody's emailing and involved in different kinds of of media and and whether it's shopping or socializing or acquiring information um so yeah, just point out Faggy, this is reflected yeah. with general society how education for women certainly expected over the last uh couple about four or five decades wasn't the case when our mothers were were young so True. And we also have a lot more Torah skills than, right, for sure. than got a better Torah education better than education. our mothers did, not just the secular. And then we went to college and we have several letters after our names or professions. Uh, Miriam is a trained social worker. I have a master's in management. My mother had a master's. My mother was American born. She was an exception to many rules. And um, uh a pioneer also in, in Jewish organizations as a therapist, as a Rebetzin, as the wife of the Novominska Rebbe, and so on. Um, um, so I had role models, a role model, but most people have a big generation gap between themselves and their parents. And at this stage in their lives, um, they're taking care of parents or they're, they're trying to fulfill the role of enlightened grandmother. Um, and the children of survivors also had to be good to their parents. Um, they had suffered so much. We all know the research about Gen 2 
you know, due to the second generation and the trauma and the pressures and the not expressing the feelings. Um, at the same time, there's that natural bond with what was before and that need to pass that on because they didn't have aunts and uncles and grandparents. Um, so they're very involved grandparents. So what you were saying, Javar, is that we're actually creating a new model what life looks like at the 50s and the 60s, because we didn't have that before. But I, I want to also mention that not only are we creating a new model for ourselves, but we're always role modeling for our children. Like we're showing them not just what our lives look like, but what marriage looks like at this age. You know, we, we have to be aware of that. that. We're always role modeling for them. And I hope we should always be you know, quality role models in every realm of our life with God's help. So we're well, constantly we're also finding what I'm finding is that several people are not living so close to their, all their children, and so they're bouncing around between the, the children the, and, and work and trying to keep all of that together, which may not have been in the past as much. Many people were living closer to their children, so, the, so there's that element. There's also the element of having a little bit more time, perhaps, maybe with technology, making it easier. So there's a lot of new new elements that people are just trying to navigate on their own which I think that we can do and should be trying to do as a community, learning with and from each other and how to make new friends in this new stage or how to find new hobbies and the idea of try something and it doesn't have to work. Like you can try it and you can try a new friendship and it doesn't have to work. I find it a little bit like dating almost. Like <laughs> try putting the effort into a friendship and then it's okay that it didn't take off. And it's okay that you know you can try to go to a project uh, of something at the JCC and not liking that uh, project and so move on it's like it doesn't it's just an investment it's a, it's a try and move on it's sort of like hey why not and it doesn't have to work and it's gonna and, and just knowing that some things are not going to take off for you it's part of the I, what I love about this age is like trying new things just keeping my mind open and knowing that not everything is going to stick it's knowing that and it's like why not just try go to a new neighborhood try pottery pottery just i don't know wasn't interesting for me but i wanted to try it mm -hmm. and now i know that i don't like it instead <laughs> of thinking that i might like it and maybe i should try it one day it's off my list but i can put something else onto my list and there's so many wonderful classes whether it's from the jcc or just general from different cities have some cities some people don't live in a place that has a very active jcc but there's lots of lots of wonderful things happening they don't necessarily have to be jewish or Go out, go out more often. Just check out your local gardens, the small gardens. There's so much to do. Right. There's almost too much to do that it may be overwhelming. So that's why I love the idea of making that list of things that you'd like to try and people you'd like to try it with or try it on your own and then finding people who have a similar list or not. And I think the idea of going to someplace that has a, a, something that you're interested in, you may find people that are interesting to you because they're also interested in that. So I love the idea of your writing club or davening clubs or whatever it is, people are interested in the same things. And I think that's so fascinating is just to create your master list of things that you want to start and get ideas from other people, or even just go to the JCC and what's available or to you know, the meetups or different things that are just available just as an idea. Tomorrow, that was beautifully said. I like the idea that we may not succeed at the friendships. It's like a shidduch. I love that. You know, you give it a try. I just want to mention a dear friend of mine told me now that you know, the grandchildren were off now for three weeks between camp and school. And a lot of us were, were hoping to keep them constructively occupied and busy while giving over our values. Anyway, a friend of mine told me that she was doing tie-dye projects with her grandchildren. That was something very new to me. Now, thinking, hey, I should learn how to do that also. And uh, so she's a whole box of uh, whatever products she needs. And that's her fun project. Orders from Haynes t-shirts by the dozen and they just have a lot of fun. Hi, Dine. So please, Peggy. There's a lot of scope for our creativity, but we're still Jewish mothers. Mm -hmm. And we still, um, we still want to be supportive. We want to have those Yontif gatherings with meaning and we put, our creativity in it. It's very easy to go out to a restaurant, but it's so much more meaningful when we plan it with some, you know, with a certain age group of grandchildren and we include them in our table settings. We, we're not pressured to do tablescapes and we're not pressured if we're having large families for Yontif to do fancy meals. It's about quality time and 
everybody getting along, but we do have to do some management. We do have to figure out who's sleeping where beforehand. So it's not a conflict. And we, we, we have to not only figure it out, but include our children. So it's enjoyable for everybody. What would you like to make? What would you like to bring? You know, let's figure out who's taking the little kids out, you know, each afternoon and so on. And different kids, the more kids there are of different ages and stages, the more, um, the more creative we need to be and the more people we need, we want to make comfortable. Um, you know, I, (laughs) I give it, I buy two new games every year every yontif, and I take them out usually after the second Seder nap, the post-second Seder nap, meaning everybody's hyped up, Seder one, they have to sleep, Seder two, you know, you don't have to worry about chatzos necessarily, but then come out the new things, and I, I try to do some planning, I try to do some research, so it's of interest, and can, and obviously it has to be for different ages. Um, um similarly you know there comes a point where where we think the next generation is not our achrayas you know we're not going to do this anymore I, I, I was getting a new wing in my house uh, because the show below us was expanding and I said to my daughter a few years ago should I squeeze in four bedrooms or should I do three she says I'm coming to you with my marriage you know it's fine do three because we now had teenage girls and teenage boys that we needed more bedrooms and we the space would be available. So we did the work and we planned. And lo and behold, this past Yontif, she had her married couple. My daughter had her one married couple from Eretz Yisrael and she wanted to bring them. And it was really hard for me. And I didn't say yes till the last minute. I got them a space out of the house, you know, and someone else's um, um, carriage house. People around here sometimes have carriage houses and are generous about lending them to newlyweds or whoever. So, you know, there comes a point when we say Ad Khan or how much can the Jewish mother thing go, you know? Stretch herself. How much can we stretch ourselves? May I, may I make another point? I had heard something that was quite revolutionary for me. You know, all these last years, I've been working on, on bonding with my children, bonding with my grandchildren, and, and very mindful about it. Like Fadi was saying, having special projects with them. So I have one-on-one quality time. And then I've read or heard somewhere that, while of course I should still hopefully bond with everyone, it's almost more important that the next generation bond with each other. Please God, we should be here till 120, Amit Hashem, God willing. But they'll be here together much longer. Please God, you know, but we want to make sure that the family bonds are tight, that the siblings will get along well, that the grandchildren feel connected, keep the family bonds going. So it really changed my whole focus. And there's more than that. It's also like um, as I get older and the children are planning major trips, I don't necessarily want to go on the trips and be out all day and, and go hiking in the hot sun and sit on the bus for hours and hours. It doesn't do it for me anymore. I do have a little FOMO, I'll admit, but I'd, I'd rather sit home and relax and Make sure they come home to a hot meal, which is probably more important. But I, I, I'm, I'm happy now when I see the children when they have their time together, and I don't necessarily have to be there with them. So that, well, that's a new, new role for me. Right. Yes, go ahead. There's this whole new trend of going away for Shabbos or vacationing together and renting a big house somewhere, whether it's in the Catskills or in Florida or in Lakewood, and um, those bring people together. Um, It takes planning. And one of the things we talked about in one of our first Zooms, I think at the end of the first COVID summer was talking about family get-togethers or family vacations and how to make it work in various tips. This one said, just get a pool and forget about it. By now we know that everybody's renting houses with pools, but but, um, there were different ways and tips that people shared for making it work. Um, I had told my kids a few years ago, fine, you make the arrangements, I'll pay, let's do it. But they were, each of them, two out of the three had new babies. They didn't have the headspace. 
and the time they work, they have other kids, you know, now I think we would get a little more help, but I don't know if I want to undertake all this. I'm happy to pay <laughs> to, to figure it all out. One of my friends said someone gave them a house this summer um, and it worked out for everybody, even though despite their summer plan, someone gave, you know, with a pool and everything. And it was the last minute it worked out because we didn't have to do the planning. That was the best part. There was a pool. The pool was the instant. And everybody was so happy to be with each other. And we didn't have to plan programs. And we didn't invite a photographer for Arab Shabbos. So, you know, there are pluses and minuses, but we are focused, like Miriam said, on creating a strong family identity. I think we're coming close to the end. Right. I, and I mean, There's so much to talk about because midlife is such a long range and there's so many different ways to do it and there's so many different ways that so many different dynamics of people so I think there's really no end and I think that we can continue the conversation on the JWAR website and you can tell us where, where that is we can read your articles and I think that we should really continue this because there's so much to talk about I mean I as you were talking I had so many questions but I think that we covered a lot just just in, in this in this conversation and I think the most important is to really be intentional about using the midlife well whatever well means for you for yourselves as a couple or, or however you are or your family yourself just know that it's a real time it's not the end of your young life and then there's they're just waiting for the rest of your life but there's so much that we can't do no matter what your physical strength is no matter what your financial strength is no matter what your strengths are there's so much for some people it's maybe maybe more obvious but other for if it's not then try to figure out what to do with midlife because there's so much that we can do so much for our family, for our community, for ourselves, for our neighbors, whatever it is, whether you're living close to your family or not, just enjoy it and maximize from it because we have so much. We had all these years coming to midlife and now that we're here, we can actually enjoy it and, and give from ourselves to others. It's really a gift. Thank you, Devor. That was beautifully said. Thank you so much for hosting us. And uh, so, so in order to access our website, just go to jewishwomenofwisdom.org. And you'll have access to our articles, see our programs. And we welcome people to become subscribers. And if they'd like to, to become members when you have access to more of our programming, our book club and our Zoom programs. And you know what? The fun has just begun. <laughs> you know, that's how it's an adventure. It's a new chapter in life and we have to look at it as a as a god-given adventure and just we should be healthy and well and be able to enjoy it all wishing everyone a good benched yard i don't know when this is going to air but a year of growth community nachas and fulfillment thank you both for joining us and uh there's so much. I think that really we should just enjoy midlife. I think that's really the th idea. That's why I started what I'm doing. And I think that's why you started what you're doing. So thank you both. Thank you. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. Thank you for joining me in another fascinating conversation about midlife. If you'd like to reach me, Devara Krasniansky, to talk about your midlife or anything else, you can reach me at jewishmidlife at gmail.com. You can also find us on our website, jewishmidlife.com, and follow us on Jewish Midlife on Instagram or Facebook, and join our conversations in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Jewish Women Talk About Midlife. And share what we're doing with your friends and others in the midlife phase.